Let's get in our Bibles tonight, Matthew chapter 3. That's Cape Town for you, you guys. I was just down south, so I was nearly going to say Cape Town for y'all. Because uh, I was down with a whole lot of southern, southern preachers there. And I thought to myself, I'm going to come out uh, speaking southern, preaching southern. Amen. Matthew chapter 3, we're going to start again. Those of you that were with us this morning, we're going to talk about identity. And we're going to talk about kingdom identity, the I. Again, why I showed that to you, I want to just really address the I. The identity. The identity. Remember when God spoke to Moses, he said, I am. Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent. Somebody say repent. Repent means to change your mindset, your ideologies. Uh, your your way of doing things and turn around. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way. Somebody say, the way of the Lord. Remember that in the Garden of Eden that there was... Uh, the snake, serpent that came to Adam and Eve. And the Bible said there were angels that closed the way. Jesus came and said, I am the way. So John the Baptist prepared the way for the way. Jesus the way. Again, the way is that they lost identity. Are you with me today? So uh, God spoke very powerfully uh, in his word through Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the identity. Again, I want to say today that, that the I is the key here. I want to go again, if you would go to Daniel 11.32, that which we spoke this morning. I want to show you this. That Okay, so understand the kingdom reality. Again, today in, we're living in a culture of globalism. Globalism, and then you have right now nationalism. Nationalism is fighting globalism. I'm not being political right now. I'm just bringing some issues that are that are at hand right now. I'm not political. I, I'm, I'm kingdom. But nationalism is fighting globalism. There's a there's a war going on to set up. The Bible said Satan is going to want to set up his system. It's called the one world system, the one world order, the new world order. Now, I'm not going all end time doom and gloom now. Please don't misunderstand me. But he's, he wants to set up his body. Satan's system is through his nature. You've got to understand Satan's nature is the human nature. Because when Adam and Eve partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that's where humanism comes from, they took part of a nature, the serpent nature. That's why when Jesus died on the cross, he crucified a nature. That's why I said to you this morning that you, it was not recognized as black, it was not recognized as Jewish, it was not recognized as Chinese, it was not recognized as, 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 as Hispanic, it was, it was unrecognizable. Jesus wanted to show that there's nothing good in the flesh, all right? There's no good person. That's why we need the way. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The human nature to its highest level will, will, will fall because it's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. There's no good in self. We must take on his life, the life of his spirit. Okay, that's the kingdom of heaven. So John the Baptist came and he said, I'm representing another way of doing things. So the, the self is my way of doing things. You know, like that song, I did it my way. 
So my way is self. I did it. It's like that man in the book of Luke. It said he had, uh, you know, he had had so many barns that were so full of goods and storehouses. And then Jesus, you know, with Lazarus, you know, Lazarus and the rich man. And then he said, you know, tonight your life will be required of you. Bam, there he's gone. And he's sitting in hell and he's crying. And he says, uh, he sees in Abraham's bosom, he cries out to Abraham. He says, you know, uh, Lazarus, he said, could I just go out and go and just warn one of my brothers? about this place that's hot and it's terrible down here. And he said, listen, even if I would send, you know, I've already sinned, I've already spoken, but they don't hear. They don't believe that hell is, is real. Even if you go back, they won't believe you. How many know that's where society is today? They don't want to believe. They don't believe. And, and so, if you, you know, you have a choice now to believe. So there it was. He had everything that's I, self, and he died. He didn't even enjoy it. Come on, somebody. So, so God brought about Jesus through Jesus, and John the Baptist was there to prepare the hearts to say, listen, I've got a better way. Doesn't mean I don't want you to prosper. Doesn't mean I don't want you to succeed. But I don't want you to do it through self. Okay? The tree of knowledge of good and evil, which self is self-destructive. You know, it's I, it's Lucifer. Lucifer said, I will exalt. I will go up to the mountain of the north. I will, I will. I want to remove the I, and I want to bring in the I am. I am in him, and he is in me. All right. So kingdom is identity. I want to bring the kingdom of heaven into your realm, or your territory, your earthly territory, which is spiritual. God is spirit. I want to bring a spiritual reality into your natural realm. Doesn't mean you don't live naturally. Doesn't mean you're weird and kooky or kooky. But it means that you live from a spiritual realm. You're spiritual. You're spiritual. You have a soul. You live in a body. But the body, the Bible said in Corinthians 15, it says this body is corrupt. And corruption will take on incorruption. This is corruption. It'll die. Flesh will go to flesh. What's born of the flesh is flesh. Spirit will go to spirit. So I'm a spiritual being living in a reality. In fact, this world that I'm in, I try to make it super comfortable. But if you really think about it, I'm just talking about the animal kingdom. The animal kingdom is more conditioned to this world than we are in reality. We're the, only, we're the only beings in this world that actually create something to deal with this world versus, you know, the bears, the, uh, you understand. They, but but uh, humans, we, we, we have a different way. We, we, we make this world comfortable because we won't survive otherwise. Come on, somebody. So we're spiritual. We have a soul. Our soul is a connecting part. We, we have a body, but we're spiritual. God made us spiritual. And so John the Baptist came and he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I'm here to prepare the way of the Lord. To enter into the way of the Lord, we are called, we must repent of our thought processes. All right? I want to bring you into a different mindset and that is a mindset of the kingdom of God that is a reality it's a reality that is in opposition to your reality and until you receive the word of God until you receive who Jesus is you will never understand that reality 
Anytime you'll understand that reality is, you know, if you're like the richer man, let, and then God, God's got nothing against you being rich. Believe you me, I know a lot of wealthy people that love the Lord. It's not about riches. It's about, it's about self. That rich man was all about himself. Lazarus was, you know, was, was about God. And Lazarus was there to test the rich man. But there he was an L crying out and saying, could I go back? Can I go back and warn my brothers? Can I warn back, go back and warn my family? But he was in that place because, you see, he had lived for self. Okay, let's get back to the message. I'm off the message tonight. But uh, Matthew chapter 3 said, you know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand because the kingdom of heaven is God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things will always bring the self-will uh, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must take up your cross and follow me. And you must deny yourself. Self, that's a big thing. Can you imagine? Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Because when you take up, when you deny yourself, yourself will be a cross. Because yourself will always be in a pos- opposition to what the kingdom is. Because the kingdom will always bring self to the cross. And you, you will only experience that if you receive Christ as your Savior. Because Christ as your Savior living inside of you will, will always, because this is part of the journey, take you on this journey of growth. And growth is to face and to allow the mirror of God's word to expose the hidden works of darkness in yourself. Amen. But Daniel said, it said there in Daniel 11, uh, 32 says, and such as violate the covenant, he shall pervert and seduce with flatteries, but the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong. Again, I want to say this, that we're living in an hour of marketing, uh, a lot of subconscious and subliminal, you know, uh, influence that is going on. In fact, the whole division in America, media has got a massive part to, ro- to play with what's going on in, in, in the world right now. Globalism, entitlement, all of that. Uh, there's a mass, you know, spiritual force at work to, to, to really bring people under, its, under the control of that, if we can call it the, the, the system. Satan is the God of this world. He came to Jesus and he said, I'll give you everything. Bow down and worship me. So it's self. And right now he's playing the game of division because he wants to take control of of everybody. And we're seeing the reality of that self system, which was prophesied in the Bible 2,000 years ago with the financial system. We see it with really AI is pretty much going to, in many ways, take control. I mean, I'm not being... Praise God, I'm not, I'm not even, it doesn't, doesn't bother me because I have the mind of Christ and that's far superior than AI. I don't need to go into singularity for some of you that understand what that is, but amen. So the Bible said this, that we're living in a time where the, the spirit of this world will want to pervert and seduce people away from God's way of doing things. In other words, God's system. We're living in an age that hates God, but it's going to seduce us with flatteries. In other words, ego. 
ego is, you know, that's what marketing is all about. Marketing connects with ego. That's what Satan came to Jesus with when he was in the wilderness. He came to him with ego, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. You know, somebody once said it like this, gold girls and glory, pride pennies and petticoats. Okay, I didn't get anything there, but that's okay. That's for the guys, probably not for the ladies, but it's fine. But it's, you can kind of relate to that. But it's the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Each one of those different things, as the word of the Lord says, Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, and he overcame them. So, you know, he dealt with every issue, because in every one of those issues are the issues we face individually. And he crucified them, and he dealt with them, and he overcame them, and he gave us the way. So he's saying, listen, folks, each one of you are going to deal with individualized issues through your predisposition, but I've given you the way, that I'm the way, the truth, and the life through what you are born into. So we want to sit and blame everybody for what we're born into, but we have the keys inside of us. If we receive his spirit in his life, he unlocks the way through our setbacks. Okay, so we're living in a world where, fo- where, where the system is, uh, uh, you know, we're blaming everybody for our life. You know, my mother, my father, my, my culture, my upbringing, but we, we, can't, we cannot blame anybody. We have the keys. His name is Jesus. Are you with me today? So he said that, that there's going to be a perversion and a seduction and a flattery that will, that will draw good people away from God's way of doing things. In other words, away from the kingdom of God. Away from the righteous way. Away from the righteous paths into a way that looks good. Now, in Daniel, it actually talks about a big beast that everybody bows down to. It's a big image. Everybody bows down to the image. And the image is an image of self. I don't want to get into the details of it, but it really is the image of self. Man exalting himself above God. That's what's going on right now in the world. Man setting a system to be like God. Hallelujah. And in that there are a people. The Bible calls him a remnant. And I'm not being, you know, uh, in, in many ways negative, but to follow the Lord... The true way of Jesus. It's going to cost you something. I I read in my Bible and I see there is no easy way. The gospel costs you something. This, This book is filled with people that paid with their blood. They paid with their lives. They lost families. They lost loved ones. I was just with a man uh, two days ago from China. This man has been preaching the gospel in China. He's got over, I think, over 500 churches that he's birthed in China. And they've kicked him out of China. He hasn't seen his wife and his kids for a year and a half for, for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'm not saying that we're going to go through that type of suffering or that type of persecution. But, you know, we, we, we get upset if, you know, uh, this week maybe, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, just small little things that we, we get upset with. But we, God is calling each one of us to say, listen, how can I be of use for God in this time and in this age? And not seek just my own comfort, but seek His will. 
And so John the Baptist said, repent because you've been seeking your own will. You've been seeking your own comfort. You've been seeking your own identity and change your way of doing things. Move away from the eye. Move away from the flattery, the seduction, the perversion, that which violates the covenant of God and move into my spirit and allow the, the, the power of my, my word to activate inside of you, the power of who I am. And take your shoes off, your understanding, and move into that place like Moses and experience the burning bush fire of God and, and, and get on fire for my spirit and touch the lives of people around about you. Amen. Amen. And so Daniel said that, that there's going to come in a time where many will go that way, but there will also be a people that will turn to God, that will know God. That's what Jeremiah said. I spoke this morning. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, Jeremiah 1, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. You know what that means? God knows you. Doesn't matter what you look like. Because that's not who you really are. Come on, the outward man perishes. There's no, there's no, you know, we put so much in the flesh. You know, you buy a car, it gets old. You buy a house, it gets, you're going to keep looking after it. You, you know, you have to, the older you get, you have to try and, you know, tuck it up and pick it up. And, <laughs> and, 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 and the older you get, nobody wants to be around you because you, you know, you don't smell as good as you used to smell. Come on. <laughs> All right, we're not going to go there right now. But So that, that's the natural man. You see, the, the reality is the spirit. And that is really the reality. And that reality is that, first of all, God wants us to change our souls. Our souls. You see, James, the apostle, said there's a saving of the soul. I, have to, I save my soul with, by living in the word. See, before I formed you in your mother's womb, Jeremiah 1, I knew you, which means I knew you. I had an intent. I had an idea of what you're going to be. And that's my God idea. I have a God idea for your life. So you're living life by your design, by your plan. That's the I. But I have another plan. So, so, so that's my idea for you. And you think you know what you're doing. You think you're doing right. But I have, I have a predestined supernatural plan for you. And that's who you are. Not what you are now. And so Jesus came and he said, through John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. And I'm going to prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus then said, I am the way. Remember in the Garden of Eden, they lost the way. The way was closed. But I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Again, who is that? So Father is identity. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father is identity, his thought processes. Jesus is the Word. You've got to understand this. The word is, I get into the identity. Jesus is the word that became flesh. The Holy Spirit empowers the word. You can see that in the book of Genesis. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God spoke this, the, the, the word, idea, word. And then it says in Genesis, the spirit hovered. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Idea, God the Father. 
Word, the Son, Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. Then the Holy Spirit. When He spoke the Word into Mary, it says He spoke, the angel released the Word, the angels carry the Word. The Word was released into Mary. It says she pondered it and the Spirit came. There again, you see the reality of it. So in our lives, we have that begin to happen. When we embrace God's design through His Son, which is His Word, you say, Jesus, you become Lord of my life. I receive you as my Savior. I deny myself. I take up my cross. I deny my life. I want to follow you. I want to be your Son. And the Holy Spirit comes, the, the Word comes into you, which is in seed form. Into the, into the soil of your life. Then the Holy Spirit comes. The Bible said, tear in Jerusalem for power from on high. The Holy Spirit, which is the power of God, begins to hover upon that word and begins to activate. I'm going a little deeper in a way here tonight. But activate who you really are. Amen. That's a design that God has for each one of us to live victorious lives. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are a microcosm of the macrocosm. We are, we are, we are in us. We are literally a universe. I don't want to go into all of that now, but. So he said, they that know God, I know God. We must know the ways of the Lord. We must know the ways of the Spirit. That is our identity. Our identity is not just to have the natural riches of this world. Let me tell you something. The riches that are in glory in Christ Jesus are incalculable. In, in comparison to the, the wealthiest individuals of this world. Because in that realm, there is nothing. The greatest thing is purpose in God. That's the greatest wealth of all. To know who I am in Him and who He is in me. And my investment. Amen. Abraham believed God. All right. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm on that. I'm on that. Now I want to just move a little bit forward. So he said, though that know that God will begin to do exploits. God has designed for you to live supernaturally. Come on, somebody says supernaturally. So he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand because the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And if we, if we activate the kingdom in this world, that is the key to turning this nation around, not the Republican Party. Let me tell you, I said it this morning. I said, if we put faith in the president, he's going to fail us. I know there's a lot of folks that have put faith in the president, and he's just a man. And if you put faith in a party, whether you're Democrat or Republican, they're going to fail you. The greatest key is when we change our hearts, because if we change our hearts, the Democrats will not be able to manipulate, neither will the Republicans. Come on, somebody. Because we're going to negate the plans of the enemy. And I'm not saying there's good or bad, and I'm sure, you know, that's why I'm not touching. If I, if I say with one fifty percent, but, uh, you know, I'm losing 50%. I'm with the kingdom of heaven. And I'm here to say God has a better plan, and that's called the kingdom of heaven. And that is what we are as God's people. I'm not saying, saying you must not be active politically. What I'm saying is that the greater power is the power of the Spirit. That's who Jesus came to represent. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's get, let's get on. I just had to share that with this, this. And that is, I want to say, we, we as God's people, 
is if we receive Jesus as our Savior, we are here to exalt Jesus Christ. Jesus is the name above every other name. We are here to glorify his name. That is the kingdom. I'm here to exalt Jesus. I love that last song. His life and his love. I don't know it, but it's a great song because that was very, you know, good for us right now. But Romans 7 says that, if you read Romans 7, I cannot go through the whole thing, but it speaks about the law. And it speaks about how we fail God all the time. And it speaks about how this old nature fails, how we fail, how the eye fails. But God shows us that the righteous man will fall down seven times, but we get up again. But Romans 8 says, what will separate us from the love of God? Nothing will separate us from the love of God. Amen? There's there's something that Paul the Apostle says, when he dies, when I die, Christ lives. When I die, that's not a literal death, but it's it's a death to what drives me. And allowing the Holy Spirit to come in. You know, it's kind of like that country song, Jesus, take the wheel. But, but when I die, Jesus becomes alive and he prepares us. He prepares us for his glory. And he prepares us to be clothed in white garments. White garments. You see, the Bible said, the word of the Lord said, we must be clothed in Christ. Somebody said clothed. That is, okay, let us go to uh, that, that scripture I shared this morning. I want to do it again. Matthew twenty two eleven, 11. Uh, Matthew twenty two eleven, And um, hallelujah. Good. Hallelujah. Now the Bible said in, in Romans seven fifteen, verse 14 says, um, For sin, seizing an opportunity... Through the commandment deceived me, and through it killed me. So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and righteous and good. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. That's Romans 7, 13 and 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. I don't know if anybody relates to that one, doing the thing you hate. I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. That's the sinful nature within us. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. Verse 18 of Romans 7. For I have the desire to do what is right, but do not have the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil. So in other words, it's naturally easier to be evil than good. But now he goes on, I'm not going to carry on. But in Romans 8, he said, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. In other words, what Paul said is, I cannot do it. But I need Jesus, the life of Jesus in me to do this thing. So the I must die. Okay, so Matthew twenty-two eleven. if you will go there, 
When the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who, had, who did not have on a wedding garment. Can you always get, uh, I always wonder about that, a man with a wedding garment. But it, it, it's your soul. You have to, the, the word of the Lord said, put on Christ. Clothe yourself with Christ. So he came, but he was not ready and he could not go in. Because the, the, the spiritually, if you understand the spiritual things, we have to be married to Jesus. Are you good today? <laughs> it's to, to, and to have the, it literally means he could not put on the garments because he refused to lay down his lower life. And if we don't embrace the cross of Jesus Christ, we will never walk in the, or we will never put on Christ. Amen? Amen. Revelation chapter 12 said, They love not their life unto the death. That's how it works. To receive the life of Jesus, you don't love this natural lower life. For some of you that is your first time here, just take this. If you don't understand it, it'll go into your spirit. And in one of these days, it'll come up again. Amen? I believe it'll come up again. So to receive Jesus, you lay down your old ways. You lay down your own thoughts. You bring it to the cross. And you stand in Christ you lay it down. And in John 17, 22, you embrace Jesus. And Jesus gives us everything that is in him. I want to read Philippians 1, but you can go to John 17, 22 while we do that. Philippians 1, verse number 27. Are you all good tonight? Yes. It's a lot of teaching, but it's good for you in your spiritual walk with God. Philippians 1, 28, and said, Do not be frightened in anything, by your opponents. Do not be frightened. Do not be frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God, which literally in the Amplified Bible is actually saying that, you know, that when you stand in God's word, you're showing the enemy that he's going to be destroyed. And I want to encourage some of you that if you've been standing for righteousness and standing in this nation, that's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is so powerful. Think of Jesus going to the cross, born to die. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. That is the fullness of the life of Christ. It's obedience. It's obedience to the higher will of God. And it's standing in that, not being terrified or intimidated by what you're seeing outside of you, but standing. Amen? That by standing, there's going to be a destruction to that which is of the flesh. Now, Jesus on the cross standing in obedience to the Father, see what he birthed. God is looking for people that will stand in this nation for his word and for his spirit and for the truth. That's what the enemy is afraid of is in this nation. Not a political party, but people that would stand up for the word of God. Can I tell you, it's so powerful. There's, if, if people would catch the fire of the word of God and stop getting caught up in, you know, I'm this culture and I'm that culture and I'm this color and I'm that color. God doesn't see color. If I'm a child of God, I don't see color. 
I don't put a label on you because of your color. I don't put a label on you because of your culture. You know, or because I'm, you know, I'm Italian, I'm, I'm fiery. Or because I'm Irish, I'm, I'm violent or something. You know, I don't know. You know, I'm, I, I, that's, that's a label, but I'm not that label. That's who I was. Come on, somebody. So I stand. John 17, 22 speaks about this. If you would go to John 17, 22 real quick. I've given them to them the glory and honor which you have given me that they may be one even as, as we are one, which is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. I have given them this glory and honor to walk in that same way. Are you here with me today? If you don't know Jesus is your Savior, that is an inheritance that you can receive where he wants to share his kingdom to be a co-heir with him. To be one with him. So in the kingdom of Satan, it's ego. In the kingdom of Satan, it's self. In the kingdom of Satan, it's me. In the kingdom of Satan, it's opposite to the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of Jesus, he shares everything. In the kingdom of Satan, he keeps everything. In the kingdom of Satan, he pumps you up. In the kingdom of Satan, you become an idol. In the kingdom of Satan, it's I. But to be an idol, the word idol actually means to wound. So when you become an idol, that same idol, it wounds you, it lacerates you, it hurts you, it bruises you. In fact, I want to go to Psalm 115 quickly. Are you good tonight? We, we want to just get some word across to you. Hallelujah. So I want to just bring across the difference between the life of Christ, which is in opposition to the life of self. Now again, the life of self is connected to Satan. Satan means adversary. It's the nature of, it's the, nature of the serpent. Moses, the Bible said he took a serpent and he put it on a tree. It said, cursed as he hangs on a tree. When that serpent was on the, tr on the tree, how many know healing came? Your DNA, it's a serpent. God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. What was the head of Pharaoh? A serpent. Oh, come on. Psalm 115. Think of the medical profession. What, is, what do they use? The Hippocratic Oath. A serpent. Interesting. So Jesus said to, the word of the Lord said in Genesis, I will crush the head of that serpent. Jesus on Golgotha means the place of the skull. That's the head. I'm going a bit deep here, but there, there was, on, 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 on Pharaoh was a serpent. What's... What's driving? What's on the head of a serpent? Poison. Bitterness. If we don't have God's love, we're driven by the hurt and the pain of our past, generationally. And that's what drives us to succeed and go ahead. So it's I versus I must die. Listen to the Psalm 115, verse 2. Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Verse 4, their idols. Somebody say their idols. 
It says their idols which is in the eye. Their idols, remember the word idol, which is self, means to pierce, to wound. Also means to wondering. If you break it down, I'm not going to get into the details of it, but I've studied it out in the Hebrew. Um, the idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hand. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. They have noses, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not feel. They have feet, but they do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do not, so do all who trust in them become like them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help. He is their shield. And so we go on and on and we see about the idols. It's very important. So the idol pumps your old nature, your ego. E must go. If I'm speaking French, ego. Sorry, my grandmother was French. She used to say, Amen Higgs. Anyway, for those of you that know French, Amen Higgs and ego. So ego would be he. Sorry, anyway. He must go. Ego, don't worry. That's my own personal joke there. Nobody's getting it right now. That's so fine. But, <laughs> yeah. But don't be offended. You see, see, if we're not living in that life, we're living in Christ. I'm talking some deep stuff here, but it, this is the depth of, this is the real gospel. This is why Jesus came. Jesus came to give you his life. So I may be going into a lot of different allegories and illustrations and types and shadows and all of that to bring pictures across for you to understand what's happening. Let us go quickly to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse number 20. I want to just show another analogy of obedience. 1 Samuel just chapter 15, verse number 20. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, anyway, let's just read this. Samuel said, yes, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, king of um, Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. The story is this. I'm going to take too long. Saul shows again what the eye wants to always do. I, Saul, was a king in Israel that God had anointed, but he wanted, he got into ego. So he tried to impress God and impress people. But he didn't listen to God. God told him to deal with that king. Agag means fire or flesh. In all reality, that's what it means if you study it out. And he didn't want to deal with that Amalek Agag king. And that's a thing that always comes in our lives. If we don't deal with it. Are you with me today? We've got to deal with it. Somebody said deal with it. So Saul kept the best for himself. It was for him. It was for his men. Jesus said we must give the self-life over. Amen. And we must, the Bible said again, somebody say, hate yourself. Oh, that's a bit of a heavy one. But it's important to understand because it, it's the word. It's where we take the word and we say, God, I submit this to this. Even though it doesn't always make sense to me. I trust you like a little child. I'm going to become like a little child. And I'm going to submit this, this, this whole body. And I'm going to put it and I'm going to allow this word to be exalted in my life. And I'm going to trust you that you're going to do it through me. 
Are you with me today? So, I die to myself. I hate myself. My self-will. And I get into the I am of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I die. Paul said this, the apostle. I die so that others can live. I die so that others can live. I press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And I am restored in identity. Because that's what it's all about. When, the, when I lay the eye down, I move into identity. And it's not my nature anymore. It's Jesus that does everything through me. That's all. I'm just a vessel. And he fills me up. And he gets the glory. I don't get the glory. He blesses me. I do it all. I've seen it so many times. I've been to countries where we have absolutely, we know, don't know the language. We don't know anybody there. We arrive there and I can do nothing. Come on. You know, we, we, uh, it's very difficult for those that are very self-sufficient. And I understand, you know, we've got to use that. We're not a bunch of just, you know, empty heads. And, you know, go, you know, you need to brush your teeth. You need to do practical things. But there is a time where the Lord will take you. And he will teach you his way. I've been into countries where we don't even have diplomatic ties. And we go into these countries and the Lord will just open the door and just stamp our password, passports. And we don't have any money. Going into foreign countries, cannot speak the language, and God opens up houses for us, and you know, all, all kinds of things. That's the supernatural way of God. Now, every one of us, God wants us to walk in a level of the supernatural, and He will exalt Jesus. The Bible said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, Jesus became or took on the form of a man or of a servant. And he humbled himself, and he became nothing. Philippians 2.7, he became nothing. He had no reputation. He had nothing. He had nothing. He didn't want to be seen. He wanted others to be seen. I would tell you one thing. I would rather, I would rather have and want the life of Christ than anything else in this world. There's nothing more beautiful and worth more than the life of Jesus Christ for each one of us. Jesus came to give you his life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I can go on and on, but I believe we've, we've moved on to this in this time. Uh, praise God. God... In the kingdom of God, it's not a hierarchy. It's a theocracy. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God is calling each one of us into obedience. And maybe you've struggled with things in yourself and there's different degrees to move into that higher level of in your spiritual walk with God. And He's calling you tonight To walk in a new anointing and a new realm of his spirit where his life can be glorified in you. Amen. You can have all the signs and the wonders and the miracles, but that's not Jesus. 
That's just part of Jesus. Jesus came to produce his life inside of us. What's going to change the world? Agreement with heaven. You know, I said this this week. Uh, prayer is not just praying. Jesus prayed in Gethsemane till he got into agreement. Prayer is being, real prayer is agreement between heaven and earth, meaning that I must be an agreement. Agreement means union or unity. That's real prayer. Because whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. When I get into agreement with heaven, I release heaven on earth. And this is what about denying self is. It's about becoming a prayer. What's going to change the world is where the Bible said, my house will become a house of prayer. That means your temple, my temple, this world will be filled with His glory when we get into agreement with His will. I'm just trying to break it down to you. When I deny myself, I take up my cross, I get into agreement with His will, I'm an obedient to Him, and then I'm His son. Elijah said, I will restore the hearts of the fathers to the son. In other words, there will be a union between heaven and earth. And in that alignment, there's going to be a release of power. And I will reverse, Malachi chapter 4 said, I will reverse the curse that wants to come over the earth when the spirit of Elijah is restored, which is union. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of concepts here you've got to get, but it all breaks down into one concept, and that is, when we get into agreement with heaven, and you say, what is heaven? What is that? It's simple. It's, Jesus said, you know, the disciples came and said about, you know, the disciples of John praying. How must we pray? He said, well, pray our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So every day he said, give us this day our daily bread, which is that the Lord is saying, you know what? Today, ask the Lord, how can I be obedient to you? How can I fulfill your will? What are the areas that you're calling me to grow in? Where and how must I align myself with the purpose and the mandate of heaven? How can I extend the sufferings of Christ? You say, Wow, what is that? This sufferings is not that you must go out there and get beaten up for the gospel. But it means that when your will submits to his will, it suffers. When my ideas and my plans submit to his plans, it suffers. How today, Lord, can I, can I lay down my will and take on, give us this day, our daily bread. Bread means your word, your lechem, your bread. Your life, your word. How can your word become alive in me today so that I can change the world around about me and become a prayer to fulfill your glory? Signs and wonders all belong to Jesus. Miracles belong to Jesus. God wants to bring heaven on earth. And it's going to call the self to die. Let's stand up tonight. I believe the Lord really spoke what he wanted to speak today. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart afresh, my life afresh. I lift you up. Your word said, if you are lifted up, you will draw all men unto you. The power of the gospel is in the cross.
And the cross is the place where I lay my life down. Tonight, I take a step of faith and I lay myself at the foot of the cross and I ask you to fill me with your spirit. I reject everything that is of my own self and from tonight, I submit my will to your will. I submit my life to your life. I renew my covenant with you. I renew my life with you. I renew my focus on you. I repent of idolatry. I repent of pursuing my own will. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to lead me and to guide me in the pursuit of the heavenly mandate. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let this earth be submitted to the heavenly mandate. Where I have a lack of understanding of spiritual things, of godly things, open up the womb of my spirit that I may receive your word, your life, and grant me the revelation to know the ways of the Lord. I thank you that I'm not going to be naked, but I put on Christ, and I'm filled with His Spirit. From this day forward, all idolatry, which is deception and lies, and it's false realities, I turn and I face the truth. And I see the light. And I receive the glory. That will be in my life. That you use me. To touch the lives of many. Thank you Lord. Amen.